Welcome to the Posture Strength and Mobility Podcast. I'm Isaac Osborne, and I'm here to share with you tips, tricks, hacks, interesting musings, and much more in short, digestible episodes. To learn more about how you can improve your posture, strength, and mobility, check out the show notes for links. Onward with the show. Welcome to episode 18, How Your Pelvis Can Influence Your Neck. In this episode, I will explain to you how it's possible that your pelvis position is potentially involved in your neck pain and give you some corrective exercises and massage gun tips on how to correct it. Okay, so before we get started, just to let you know, check out the show notes for links because in the show notes, I have links to my membership program, which is a coaching platform that has over 100 classes in it. So no matter what your issue is, I can guide you through and recommend certain classes for you to help align your posture, get better posture strength and mobility. Also, in the show notes, there is links to the integrator of my self-myofascial percussion device or massage gun. You can go to that link and purchase your own. This gives you access to all the protocols I have on neck pain, back pain, hip pain, uh, sports protocols, single muscle releases, they're all in there. Highly recommend that you go in there and check them out. If you have your own massage gun already, there's also a link that you can purchase the protocols uh, from my website as well and become a member of that protocol platform. So whatever's going on for you, I can help you out through the coaching platform. Best way I can get to you, I'm getting a lot of uh, calls and um, requests for me working with people and I cannot reach everybody Uh, this is the best way I can reach you is through the platform that's why I created it and go in there check it out and I'll be able to help you out through there guide you through what's going on for you all right now let's dive right into the pelvis and the neck connection all right, so what you can see here, uh, for those of you that are watching the podcast, those of you who are listening, what I'm showing here is a model that I made. It's a pelvis. It has the femur bones on it, and it's a spine. It has all vertebra except for the first cervical vertebra and the head attached and, of course, the rib cage. Uh, so there's nothing there but, but the spine and the pelvis. And the reason why this model is different is I used uh, what's called a disarticulated skeleton, and I put all this together using all kinds of different things to put this together. That's why there's different colors on here. It looks, it looks pretty uh, rudimentary, but what's great about this is that it tends to uh, slightly mimic and behave uh, similar to a real skeleton. And the reason why is, is if I, if I hold the pelvis down here, uh, we can see the spine kind of flop over to the side um, because there's no muscles on it, but we can balance this. And that's the thing is that that when we look at the pelvis and the spine, whatever I do, if I if I raise the left side of the pelvis, the spine, it moves in opposite directions to a certain degree until it goes too far and goes all the way flopping all to the other side. But I'm illustrating this because the pelvis elevation, so what a pelvis elevation means is one hip or the side or the top of the pelvis moves up towards the ear. So if I do this right side, that right side is high and the spine has to shift and change. Do you remember that game when you were a little kid 
and you you uh, took a broom or a stick and you tried to balance it on your hand. And when you move your hand uh, closer to you, the, the top of the stick would, would fall away from you. Or if you move uh, your hand away from yourself, the top of the stick would actually fall towards you. This is what I'm trying to illustrate here is that what your pelvis position is doing, your spine and your neck have to react, right? Because they're, they're, two, they're two negative uh, opposite poles, if you will that that respond to each other and the neck is basically responding to what's happening below it so if you're one side of the pelvis in this case i'm illustrating that, that the left hip is is going up towards the left ear is high the sp the pelvis uh, i mean the rest of the spine and the, including the neck is going to have to respond so you see here it goes it tilts over this way but now it's tilted this way maybe it starts tilting the opposite direction right so it, the one part of the spine goes tilts to the left, but then the very top of the neck actually tilts to the right to counteract that tilt. And then you have this S curve that is an opposite S curve of the S curve that you want from the spine. The S curve that I'm talking about that you want from the spine is the S curve where we look at the spine from the side and there's that lumbar curve. And there's a th uh, thoracic rounding curve and then the nice straight cervical spine. So it's mainly it's mainly uh, elevation that is going to have this effect on the neck in this case that I'm talking about. When we have uh, a tilt front and back of the pelvis, so when the pelvis tilts forward or the pelvis tilts back, then say the, ba the back rounds more and then the rib cage drops, that can definitely uh, create strain on the neck. However, it, that is, that's a little bit more ribcage oriented. Sure, the pelvis is involved. However, that's much more oriented through the ribcage and compression of the ribcage. This case where what I'm talking about, one hip goes higher than the other hip, can have a direct effect on the neck. And I'm going to demonstrate that a little bit here in a second and give you some tips on how to kind of figure that out on yourself. So... Do you have an elevated pelvis on one side? Let's, let's take a look at a self-assessment tool that you can find for yourself uh, and, and see if you have one hip elevated or not. And then I'm gonna give you a corrective exercise and, and some self-myofascial release to be able to counteract that elevation in the pelvis and potentially uh, free up any neck tension that you have. Is it going to take care of all of it? Probably not. Uh, is it going to possibly relieve some of it? There's a good chance that it will. Is it going to be right away? Probably not. You're going to have to repeat this over time to be able to really get that shift in the musculature. But it has potential into giving you some relief right away. I've seen both things happen where it takes time and or it, people get instantaneous relief hard for me to know what that's going to be for you in particular so you're just going to have to try it out and see for yourself i say try it at least six times because you're going to get it wrong watch the video again or if you're listening to the podcast click on the link in the in the show notes to go see the video in youtube so that you can watch it over and over again and try to get it right and troubleshoot it Okay, so the two things that you're going to need for this is a wall and a chair. So first of all, if you're watching the video, you can place your hands on your hips like this. And you're going to look for this bone 
that is on the top. Your hips are here down by the side, so you can palpate your bones and touch your hips. Palpate around there, and you feel that bone. Then you move up, and it's right below your rib cage. You'll feel the top of your pelvis here. This is bony, the bony prominence here on the top. So it actually goes all the way back. There's a big area that you can find right there. Now, if one hip is higher than the other hip, you're, you can look in the mirror and kind of look at your hands, uh, or you know, right here I'm placing my thumbs on this position. If one thumb is higher than the other, that's one way to look. Now let's say for just a second that your right hip goes higher than your left. So your right hip is higher than the left, and what happens is as that right hip goes higher than the left, there's gonna be some rotation in the pelvis involved more than likely. We're not really worried about that at this point in time. That right hip that's higher, what ends up happening it is most of the time, not always, that right shoulder will drop down. So that right shoulder is lower. So this is another kind of clue for you that if you look in the mirror and your right shoulder is low and your right hip looks high, then it's a good chance that you have exactly what I'm talking about. Now, if that right shoulder is low, what ends up happening is, is the neck tends to get really tense on that right side. So that right hip goes high. The right shoulder goes goes low, and then the neck will get really tense in that right side. This is not always the case because sometimes when people are walking, they might carry that right hip, and then that shoulder, that right shoulder actually might, might go high, and then that causes tension on the neck. So either one, you're going to have some tension either in the right side of the neck or this, this, this feeling of pain on the left side of the neck that the left side is compensating for that right hip going high. All right, there's all kinds of different combinations that can happen with this. So it's, it's not the easiest thing to diagnose. However, what we can do is we go to the wall, grab a chair, stand with your back against the wall, and then now I'm going to place my right foot on the chair. So now that my right foot is on the chair, notice that my body shifted over. And those for you listening, that my body, my head now, and my nose is centered over my ankle. So my, my back is against the wall, my butt's against the wall, my upper back's against the wall, my head is not against the wall. What I'm going to do now is I'm actually going to shift. I'm going to lean, like I'm going to slide, in this case, to my right. So my right foot's on the chair. Now I, that places my head more centered down the midline of my body or between both of my feet. Before, my, my nose was centered over my ankle, and I've shifted my weight. I've slid, and I've shifted my weight over so that my head is now in between both my feet. This makes my right leg, my right foot, actually work a little bit harder. So with my, my foot here, I'm going to put my hands back on my hips, and I'm going to let my right hip drop to the ground. Then, with my right hip dropped to the ground, what I'm going to do is I'm going to press my left leg into the ground and my right hip goes up towards the ceiling. So I'm making this drop in my right hip if I let it down, and then I push my left leg into the ground, my right hip goes up. And I feel that, I feel definitely will feel a little bit of contraction between my right hip and my rib cage, and then I let that right hip drop. What I'm doing with you right now is a thing called um, gauging proprioception. Proprioception is part of our nervous system where we know where our hands are and where our body is in space. Some people, when they do this, they grab like a lot in the ribs to pull that right hip high. 
Sure, those muscles will assist in that movement. However, we actually want the movement to come from the opposite leg because the opposite leg has what's called lateral stabilizers. And these lateral stabilizers, which are glute minimus, medius, and maximus, some tensor fasciolata, these muscles help elevate the hip on the opposite side. Now, with that opposite side elevation, Sometimes if it's elevated, so if, if you're stuck in that elevation on the side, then you'll probably have a hard time dropping that hip towards the ground. And you might just kind of lean your rib cage over when you do it. You got to look for all these signs. The body prefers certain patterns and it's going to be hard for you to identify. So maybe grab a partner, loved one, a friend, whoever, and see if you can actually kind of troubleshoot this in yourself. Now, if you switch legs, you do the same thing on the other side. Again, what we're trying to gauge here is if you're able to do this range of motion. You know, it looks pretty sassy in the sense that I might kind of take my hips back and forth, like a pretty sassy kind of movement. And that movement is an important movement. That's the elevation on one side of the pelvis and dropping. So once you can establish that, right, you got, okay, you got your range of motion all the way down. And then you have, you press that leg into the ground, you have your range of motion all the way up. So my hip is, my left hip is now elevated. So now I've established that. You have to try to find the neutral position. Once you find that neutral position, what I want you to do is stay in this position for three minutes. Test it about every minute. Let hip drop all the way down. Then push that leg, opposite leg into the ground, the leg that's straight and on the ground. And so that left it goes high and then drop it down and see if you can find that neutral position because that's the position you want. It's going to be work. You're going to feel some work in the leg. You're going to feel some work in the thigh. You're going to feel some work in the leg that is bent on the chair. And that's the point is that it's going to be work for these muscles that don't usually stabilize in this position. Do that on both sides. I understand that it's not a straightforward kind of, oh, do this and you're going to get this. You're going to have to experiment. You're going to have to find the movement in your body. And if someone's really tied up, if their pelvis is really tied up, that movement's going to be really tough for them. It's going to be a hard movement. And you might not even be able to do the movement at all. So if that's the case, then try to just stand there in that position. Do whatever your pelvis does while you're in that position with one leg straight and one leg bent. In this case, I'm demonstrating with my right leg straight and my left leg bent. Stay there for three minutes straight, see how it feels. Then do the other side for three minutes straight, see how it feels. And does one side get more tired than the other? The, tire, the, the side that gets tired more than the other side, there's a good chance that that's the weak side. So if you're having trouble really getting that movement down, then Try to establish at least which side is the weak side. Then that'll give you an idea of possibly if you have that hip elevation issue and being able to correct it by doing the weak side. So if you can identify that weak side, my suggestion is that you do, say, if I go here and demonstrate, say my right side is the weak side. So I do my right side, three minutes. And I switch over and do my left side for three minutes. And then I go back and I do that right side again for three minutes. 
right side in the sense that I'm standing on my right leg, this right hip would be the weak hip. Okay, so give that a shot. Let me know what you think in the comments. And uh, next we have a self myofascial release technique with the massage gun, my integrator. Uh, but if you have your own massage gun, by all means, use your own massage gun. If not, check out the show, note, show notes for links to purchase my massage gun, which, which you get much more detailed tutorials in my protocols and tutorials uh, than what we're getting here on the podcast. What you need for this, I'm going to use a yoga block, but you can use a pillow. You're going to need your massage gun or the integrator, and you're going to need the flat head attachment for this. It's not requirement. They have to have the flat head attachment. It's one of my favorites. Uh, or you can use a fork head attachment. Any attachment really will work fine. Uh, I find this, you can just kind of angle a little better and, and get uh, a little bit more detailed work with the flat head attachment. So say you've established which hip is higher, either through a friend of yours or through the self-diagnosis technique that I had here a minute ago. Uh, what you're going to do is I would turn your uh, massage gun on, turn the integrator on, get it to probably a speed of two, lie down, and say my right hip is the higher hip. So I'm lying down on my side, and what I'm going to do, I have my knees bent, and the side I'm going to work on is the opposite side of the side that is elevated. So my, So in this case, the demonstration is for my right hip is the higher hip. So my right hip being the higher hip, what you're going to do is you're going to get around the, the hip bone and the top of the pelvis. All these muscles around the hip bone and top of the pelvis is what you want to reach. And if you work this whole area around, around here, around the hip bone, all those muscles around there, are going to be the muscles that you're going to be able to release to kind of help shift the hip. Then in turn, that hip shift can feed up to the rest of the spine, opening up the rest of the spine to where it gets up into your neck and changing the position of the hips helps influence the position of the neck. So getting this left hip would be an ideal place for you to do self myofascial release. This sideline position is a great position because then it essentially puts pressure into that right hip that releases those muscles uh, around the right hip and also the muscles around the rib cage, obliques, and those sort of things that are that are connected with that elevated pelvis on that side. Then we get this pressure. You can even kind of push your ribs into the ground a little bit while you're doing this that will help kind of elevate this left hip towards the left ear which changes the orientation of the pattern and you're getting release of these lateral stabilizers that are part of the puzzle that is elevating the hip on that right side so what i would do after doing that side of the left hip then i'll go and do the right side and actually go back and do the left side again so you get double release on the left side you you'll definitely benefit from doing a little bit on that right hip but then definitely go back and do that left hip again so you get double release on the left side stand up see if it feels any different see if your neck feels any different make sure you're using a pillow while you're lying down on your side 
and give it a shot, give it a few times, try it a few times before you see if it fully works or not. All right, that's today's podcast, you guys. Let me know what you think in the comments, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for joining me for this episode. If you liked it, please subscribe and leave a positive review so others may find it and get help too. Check out the show notes for links on how to win a mini integrator massage gun, posture strength and mobility classes that focus on corrective exercises, or self-myofascial release protocols for neck pain, back pain, knee pain, plantar fasciitis, and much more with my massage gun, The Integrator. Until next time, keep exploring your body and stay curious. Stay curious.